0: This is Life Elsewhere, created and hosted by Norman B. guest is a musician a a, I'm you know I was trying to think about how I'm going to describe Penelope Traps I'm going to put it over to you Penelope welcome to Life Elsewhere.
1: (laughs) Hello Uh, yeah how would you describe myself? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm a musician uh, I often say like a soundscaper Um, I think of myself very much as an artist as much as a musician Um, and yeah I just sort of kind of drift into sort of like the ether when I am very ethereal at times Um, yeah perhaps that's it in a nutshell because it can go anywhere from there
0: Well, what I'm going to do is ask you to select a bit of music, uh, maybe one or two pieces throughout the conversation. Uh, But but I I want to let my listeners know that I've played your music on the program a number of times over the last, I don't know, couple of years or so. I think you first Hmm. came to my attention with Eel Drip. That's the one that I think I I first – I don't know if somebody sent it to me. I don't know. I can never remember how I how I yeah. receive things. You know, I get all kinds of things sent. Anyway, ill drip caught my attention, and then I saw the video. That's Agnes. What was the name of the of the person that shot that for you?
1: Yeah, I I work closely um, with Agnes House. Um, yes, we co direct, and sometimes I let them direct um, all the visuals for my project. We've known each other for a long time. So we sort of have this symbiotic way of working together.
0: Right. I'm going to let my listeners know that I'm going to put a link up to drip on our site, if that's okay with you, because I think it's really important that people see that if they haven't seen it already. But Mm. Penelope, let's go back in time just a little bit. Let's talk about you where you're from because I hear that accent as you yep, probably know <laughs> accents are kind of this you know people hear accents so let's start with the, just give a little sure. background.
1: Sure yeah born and raised in Australia. Whereabouts? Um, I I was born in Sydney but my parents moved us to more rural Australia up by Byron Bay near Byron Bay okay. Yeah. which is uh, subtropical rainforests, beautiful beaches, etc. Not not the not too shabby, <clears throat> although a little bit boring when you're a kid. It's sure. It's, <clears throat> I have I have happy memories there, and um, and I after university, I just I left, I travelled, and I haven't really lived back there since those days. I spent fifteen years in the New York City area. Ah. <clears throat> Excuse me my daughter um, was born in Jersey City um, so I was there and then I ended up here in the UK about eight years ago and yes. I'm currently based in Brighton which is just south of London yeah I was in London and I was in London for six years
0: so. yes I, I, I <laughs> once again I often mention to my listeners that have never been to Brighton that Brighton really is a I think just a magical place. There's something about Brighton. I I, I don't know. I'm not sure what it is. It, it's, I I often think yeah. it's the it's the the Prince Regent's Palace This has something to do with it. You know, the lanes, the backs. I, I there's something yeah. about it. There seems to be a creative well, energy there. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's um it's kind of like this magical suburb that is somewhat London because there's yes. a lot of What they call DFLs down from London, yes, um, or or blow-ins—they call them. Um, A lot of London, a lot of Brightonians are not originally from Brighton, right? Um, And you know, I think in a country that's quite often grey, it's it's rather nice to be by the sea, Um, and I think that double sun effect on the sea because it's south-facing, so you get this, when it, the sun comes out, it's rather special. Yeah, you're right. The lanes, which for those that don't know, are these little sort of, uh, um, a bit sort of like diagonal alley or whatever, a bit Hogwarts sort of vibes, yes. like windy yeah. little alleyways with all these amazing little shops and boutiques and sell, you can pretty much get anything you need um, within a couple of blocks uh, it's a real sort of condensed village, but it could almost be like a movie set at times too. Yes,
0: and it, one quick, so. one quick other thing about Brighton: Brighton has a beach, a famous beach, and and yes. I think there's only one pier remaining now. Yeah, the other
1: one went down.
0: Yeah, the, but the beach. People sit on the beach in deck chairs, but what's the really amazing thing about it is that it's huge pebbles. There's no sand or anything no like sand. that. It's, it's, and people just flop to it. Okay, oh, enough, yes. about, enough about that. And
1: I swim, I swim in the sea there sometimes too, but it's never Oh, my warm. goodness.
0: it's Yeah, it's really <laughs> cold, yes. Penelope Traps is my guest. She is a musician. She's a filmmaker. She's a, a creative person, does lots hmm. of things. And I want to get into that, talking about the things that you do. Your music caught my attention because, well, ethereal is one word that I sort of floated around with. But I I really don't like putting things into genres. I rather like, you know, it is what it is. So let's talk about you getting into music. So here you Mm -hmm. are in Australia. You go to New York. You've got a daughter. You go to England, (laughs) London, Brighton. Where did the music thing start?
1: Uh, well I suppose music was always around me as a kid. My parents were you know either really into show tunes of jazz or classical <clears throat> and I uh, I studied piano a little bit when I was younger but I wasn't really into the theoretical aspects of music and then I did have this voice so I uh, just took some lessons. I always loved to sing. I, I just I was just always sort of getting into choirs or school musicals or whatever I could get my hands on. And then I started studying um, voice properly. And um, I went on to do private study at the Queensland Conservatory with a famous Australian tenor and was doing opera for a while. And But I was like, I'm just not an opera person. It requires so much dedication yes. to the art. Um, and so I, I opted to just, <clears throat> I guess I kind of at that point started free-flowing in life. I, I was a little bit lost, very much a 20-something, um, and when I landed in New York, I mean, that whole, there was a, it was a bit of a pause, and when I landed in New York, I knew I really wanted to get back into my music again, and the person I was seeing at the time was um, studying at the Manus School of Jazz, at New School and um, I was hanging out with all the jazz peeps at New School and just sort of getting into jazz. I studied um, with Sheila Jordan, who I don't know if you're familiar with her. Yeah. She did um, had, and she was used to tell me stories about hanging out with Charlie Parker and it was like this really great little moment. I'm like, here I am. I'm in yeah. New York and I'm hanging out with these people Um, but then I met someone and they had done drum and bass and we were like, let's put our heads together and we were both really big fans of Portishead and and then we just sort of started making music together and writing together and then fast forward to the last, since I moved to the UK, because we did a bunch of stuff together and then when we moved to the UK, we both were like, let's you do your thing and I'm going to do mine and I was coming into a stage of my life where I really wanted to talk musically so to speak about my journey as a woman um as a mother and all the stories so I sort of um, it started with I rented a tiny little piano studio in East London in Hackney and I took my laptop a microphone and I just sat and and just like re- did all these recordings, and just here I am now. So it's like fast forward there. I'm no, just... it's
0: it, it, it's a terrific story. I'm just got I've got this image in my mind of this one point in time in New York where you're sort of embracing the whole idea of of jazz, and 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 it, it must have been tempting for you to go off in that direction at one point or another.
1: Definitely, because I feel like I always. You know, it was one of those musics, like Nina Simone or Ella Fitzgerald. They were my teachers when I was in Australia in the isolated white <laughs> colonial community. Yeah, and um, and I and you know, I think for a lot of Australians, we that's a problematic thing for us, and and that's why we, I think, a lot of us travel, and um, and to then be sort of coming into New York and trying to understand the history of, of the country, yeah. um, the true history of the country through music. So it was sort of this continual theme for me. But um, again, it's a little bit like I'm a bit of a free spirit. So yes. jazz, like classical, is often caught up in theory and I'm more, especially these days, um, going experimental and very freeform, and I think that's where I was heading, so I needed to not go down the (laughs) technical aspects.
0: Let's take a musical interlude, and you choose a piece of music, um, because I want to get in, I want to talk about lyrics and words and. I'll explain in a minute, but let's choose a piece of music and then then we'll talk about lyrics.
1: Okay. So um, the piece I'm going to suggest is Entangled. Yes. And it's um, the release or it's the lead single from my upcoming album, which is out in April, um, Heavenly Spheres. And should I talk about the song now?
0: Sure. Talk about it, Mel. Just just a little bit, and then we. Well, I'll talk
1: a little bit, and then you can ask.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah. um, Basically, I spent two weeks in um, a writer's residency in Suffolk, which is north uh, northeast of London. About two hours, three hours on the train, in the middle of nowhere. Um, and it's a residency that's connected to Benjamin Britten and Peter Pierce, who oh. were um, very sort of um, magnanimous in the arts as well as creators. And so that, anyway, I spent two weeks there alone in the house of Imogen Holtz, who was the daughter of the Gustav Holtz. Yes. And um, it was an eerie and immersive two weeks of being in complete solitude in this woman's basically like a museum. Uh, her library was fascinating, like there was just so much to absorb. So I spent two weeks there with her piano and, um, microphone, sort of very similar to how I started, and but I, this time I had a, an old German reel-to-reel reel and just experimented with recording all sorts of unusual sounds from the piano or from the tapes or yeah. like slowing things down and yeah, just, and then this is one of the pieces that came out of something like 35 pieces.
0: <laughs> here, here it is then, this is Penelope Traps, this one is called Entangled, this is Life Elsewhere. Penelope traps. That piece is called Entangled. Penelope is my guest. I'm fascinated by people that go their extra length to really put out what they believe in. It seems to me, and I'm going—I don't want to speak for you, but I think this is what fascinates me about your work: is that you seem to really have a sort of almost devotional slant to what you're doing. And, and slant maybe is not the right word to say, but you seem to me. Like you really believe in what you're doing. I don't think that comes across with everybody these days. I, I don't know. Just give me a little back on that. What What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think for me personally, uh, it's like if I'm going to commit to something, I should be 100% into it. De- devoted, yeah. I mean, it becomes... They, pieces of art whether you're a, a photographer or a painter or a musician or whatever it's like they become extensions of your your energy your yeah. your essence you you put yourself into it so you know i'm i'm mature and i've lived xyz and i've i feel quite confident with what i've seen and done and and i have Feelings or like it's it's I, like I said, oh, feelings is so banal. Um, yes, yes. No. It's more. It's I keep coming to the term energy or essence. I think yes. it's just like you're channeling. You're channeling something that you've felt, gone through, seen, heard, um, and you put it in. And yeah, I and mean, I think it just it's respect to life to do it in the most devoted sense.
0: And it yeah. doesn't have to be just music, does it? It could be many facets Film. of creativity. Yes. So your introduction to Entangled leads me very nicely into talking about lyrics, talking about words, because I'm always trying to. He- I always hesitate when I go into sort of some of these sort of tangents. But would you consider yourself to be a poet? In quotes. Ah, uh, yeah. So
1: what is uh, truly a poet? What,
0: Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah,
1: I I think when I was younger, I used to dabble with what would be poetry in yeah. in a very loose sense. But um, I'm definitely not um, trained, shall we say, in the all the cadences, uh, et cetera, all, and the, and the knowledge of poetry. I mean, I just i am going to digress a little about that. Yeah. I I went to P.J. Harvey was doing um, a spoken word performance of her latest book, Orlam, which is her poetry um, and it's phenomenal. Um, She uh, was talking about how she went off and studied poetry with, um, I can't remember the poet, for like something like three years. He was her mentor and she dedicated herself to it. So I would say PJ is definitely a poet at this point I like the aspects of um, imagining a sort of poetry uh, that I'm exploring sound in word. And I I often find myself exploring etymology online. So I'm very fascinated in where words come from. Um, There's music in certain words. So it's, it's a bit more
0: broad. Penelope Traps is my guest. She is a musician who lives in Brighton in the south coast of England, originally from Australia, making music that I've played on the program a number of times now. And, and I, I, I've got to tell you, the albums that you've put out, Penelope One, Penelope 2, and this recently Penelope 3, thoroughly enjoyed. These are these are works that I think you can listen to in one sitting. I, I like to sometimes dip in and out of things. I've got to ask you about the title. Penelope three. I'm I'm wondering if Penelope Tree means anything to you.
1: Oh, I wish that was my name.
0: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: I love trees. Penelope Tree, I remember discovering her when I was a teenager, just going, wow, she's really cool. Yes. Look at those eyes. Um and I do like the and I, I have a I have a cat called Three, and I often call her Tree.
0: <laughs> ah yes, yes. So, yeah. I mean, just this is a side <laughs> note. I was in my in my youth in New York. My first venture mm. to New York, and I was invited to a dinner one night. And who should be there but Penelope Tree? And I got to tell you, I this, the uh, only other the oh, yes, yes. The only, I mean, I I I was really actually starstruck and sort of like in lust. You know, you know. What I mean, you mm, you're just like oh gorgeous. my, yeah, exactly. All right, enough about my. terrible youth yeah so so Penelope one of the things that fascinates me about you and what I've seen from what you're doing is that you've got and you've sort of touched on it you've got other interests there's sort of social and cultural issues that I've seen you talk about in tweets and Mm -hmm. I'd like you to go into that a little bit just tell us what you what you feel you'd like to share
1: I feel like I think when you're in art in any form you you're observing you're observing life going on around you and you're hoping to potentially mirror something of that that's coming back through you so whether it's environmental issues, war or um, social politics, politics um, I mean. We try not to get too into the political landscape, but um, I think I slowly but surely I think the overall world climate—and I don't mean that in a literal sense—and I mean everything is changing, and um, it's dismantling, and it's going to need to be rebuilt into some sort of new world, more holistic and more loving and um so if something ruffles my feathers and and it's an an indicator of the thing that we're saying goodbye to or something that inspires me and it's like here's the hope in in someone's actions or what have you so I, i i think being like i said at the beginning i think being aware of the world that you live in you know and and I'm not a big fan of the owner of Twitter, but using it as a platform to share and to create community and reach other artists or fans and have discussions about these things.
0: Yes. Do you think uh, that artists, creative people, should express their political views? Should It's an important part of what they do or you mentioned something about politics and not getting into that so much, but it, how much do you think tricky. that a creative, it is tricky, isn't it? So just let me, mm. give me, give me Penelope's take on. To be the, honest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: My, my take on it is I don't think you can ignore it. Um, yeah. You know, think, especially in the last five to, to 10 years. I mean, you living here in the UK, you know, we are now under the influence of post Brexit. You yes. know, the decision for the government here to remove themselves. I mean, leaving America, we moved to the UK, not to the UK, we moved to Europe. And yes. suddenly we were no longer in Europe. And it was like, what? So that, I mean, personally had massive ramifications to the decisions that we had made. So I think it's, <clears throat> it's, for me, it's pretty impossible to put my head in the sand and avoid politics. Yes. Um, when I was twenty, I tried to avoid politics. I didn't think about it. You know, I was just a young kid. But uh, I think the world has changed, and it's important to to be honest with ourselves about the system and is it working or not working. And the people in privileged positions won't. Need to feel like they have to talk about it because they they just they they're okay, <laughs> Their yes. things are good, and yeah. you know it's the Ivy Tower scenario. You know they're they're forgetting about all the other people. So I think as a when you involved in arts in any way, you, it's an empathy thing, isn't it? You know you you care about others and politics something has to change, you know, like in order to care for people.
0: Yes. So important, (laughs) so well said. So I won't
1: not talk about it, I guess.
0: Yes. You know, you probably remember Ian Dury's wonderful song, Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. Mm. And I remember having a conversation with David Bowie one time and I said, do you believe in rock and roll David? And he said, yes. And he said, and I believe in sex as well. And it's like, <laughs> and and I said, what about the drugs? He said, well, of course. <laughs> so <laughs> these are like, thr- I mean, yeah, and yes. And I'm throwing this in out to you because it's something which in the creative world, particularly in the music business, sex and drugs and rock and roll is sort of like a, is a, is a go-to if you like but in the world of penelope traps with the, with the music that you make and the creative music that you make and i'm not don't don't misunderstand me here i'm not asking you to tell me about your sex life or your drug life or or whatever <laughs> but but, <laughs> but but do you think that that is something which is misaligned the whole idea of of you know that sort of rock and roll lifestyle when we're talking about music Experiment but particularly in the experimental field, which I think we can sort of safely say that's where we can sort of if we had to sort of put it yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A
1: general term.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So so that that sort of life those lifestyle choices, perhaps they they relate to a time and a place and an and an individual, excuse me. I've been talking a lot lately. That's okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so a time and a place and in an individual and how they've navigated their way, whether it was sort of a bit nihilistic. I mean, in my youth, I was a bit like that and it's sort of, maybe it's just self-exploration. Yes. You know, like, and, um, if you are trying to understand your body, your life, your history, your presence, your where where you feel you belong in the world that you're living in all those sort of things but i don't i think nowadays being more mature i'm more like it's about honoring the body and it's your temple and just sort of being yeah just sort of taking better care of oneself
0: sexuality is not the word gender identification is not quite right but there's something in your work that seems to touch on those areas and I'm, I'm, I'm just going to put it to you directly. Is that, is that a deliberate thing or is that just me reading into it?
1: So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess my, um, my work is a little bit more pertaining to gender identity, um, and, um, sexuality, perhaps to a lesser degree other than I think of sexuality as an energy, as I was talking about earlier, um, it's like a vital life force that, you know, we can express ourselves and, and it's a love thing as well very much. Um, but in regards to the the role of women in, in the music industry and um, mature women in the music industry, and so I guess I, it sort of, it becomes these slightly blurred lines when I present myself in this sort of Francesca Woodman, very confrontational photography. And it's sort of, so I guess it starts to challenge the perspectives of how to see a woman. Yes. When you use the natural human form. So, gender stuff is the predominant side of things that I guess I'm trying to address, what it means to be a woman. And um, in a society that isn't necessarily historically built for women my age or to be doing such challenging things. Um, so, yeah, I guess does that answer the question?
0: Yes. And it makes me want to ask you another question leading on from that because and you just talked about age. Mm. And I want to get into age in just a moment. But before we get to that, does it surprise you that here we are in 2023 and things like sexuality and gender are, are headline news? I mean, it. I, I just from my perspective, it seems like, hold on a second. Didn't we already get to that? Didn't I just? Well, it just...
1: people, certain people did, and yeah. I think certain people, you know, in the seventies, you know, it was really sort of brought up, and but then there was there's so many structural um, things within society, and I guess it, you know it applies to people that essentially are not white either, you know, like as yes. much as as much as we are aware. And many of us have grown and learnt and and try within our own minds broken things down and come to a sense of understanding. But there is there's still so many people just within the Western world, let alone outside of develop in the developing world, you know, cultural situations, religious situations where there's these structures
0: yes. that
1: still perceive certain women should be doing, or just women, should be doing this, the man does this, and that it's very binary, and that it's just, I mean, that's the other thing if we start going into, you know, um, identity, that it's not, it doesn't have to be binary. you know.
0: Correct. And this also goes back to something you just said, age. Because here you are, and, and I hope this is not impolite, is that you are a woman of a certain age, you don't mm-hmm. pretend to be a, a teeny bopper. You're not, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, but yeah. having having said all of that, and this is something which I have talked about with with other uh, creative people mm-hmm. about how much that three letter word yeah. is important in our lives. Age, it, I mean, it really oh, is yeah. a oh, strange. Is <laughs> so, yeah, no. Well, you can say sex as well. I mean, sex. <laughs> equals age, age I mean
1: yeah
0: in some respects you can intertwine it, right?
1: Some people do. And I yeah. um and that's that's why it's funny how my brain went back into the past question. The music industry, shall we say, developed in the 50s and 60s was like about uh marketing really, wasn't it? You know, yes the, the, yes. the invention the invention of a teenager. Like there wasn't even such a thing it was like you were a right. child and then you were an yeah. adult and that was it yeah. so this this essentially this corporate machine was like oh for <laughs> ching um with elvis presley etc so you've got this machine that expects you to behave that way but you've got people who are artists who want to just be considered the same as i mean you know name your film director or your visual artist who's still going to the day they die. I mean, there's this uh, artist, Louise Bourgeois, she was living in Manhattan and creating um, her her, um, exhibit at, I forgot the name of the gallery, it was Hayward Gallery here in London. Mm -hmm. Louise Bourgeois was phenomenal and prolific and really didn't kind of start her work until after her husband died prematurely at the age of like 44 or something. And she lived to the, till something like 90 years of age. And she had all this work, you know, and it got better and better. That's my theory on it. It just keeps getting better and better.
0: Do you, do you think Penelope in the world of once again, for sake of, you know, discussion with in the world of sort of experimental creativity, is it less important about age and and and, and, and sex and sexuality and gender mm. and whatever? is it more fluid in that respect or is there still these sort of barriers? Are there still these kind of unwritten sort of i don't know rules and regulations and kind of yeah. sort of
1: no i think I think the the beautiful thing about the people that I know that work within this broad genre (laughs) umbrella or whatever yeah uh, less like about borders and 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 expectations you're you're quite free to to do as you please and I think everyone is is probably if you were to sit down at a table with people and they would be actively saying these having these discussions like we're having now, and yes, it, you know, it got brought up because because yeah, I mean, it's not like when you make this sort of art, <clears throat> music, or what have you, that you're you're in, you're really in it for the money, like you know, and the money, the which is the capitalist society, is stuff that really thrives on you know sexuality and and yeah. and. Uh, image and 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 getting all this stuff to to box you in to something, whereas if you decide to opt out of that box yes you you're free, and I think it that's when you can tap into more pure creativity,
0: yeah. Let's play another piece of music. Here's one. I hope you like my suggestion here. This one's called "A Seagull Learns to Sleep Alone." We'll talk about it afterwards, and also want you to think about about another question. Hmm. And 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 that is, we here we are in 2023. Things of, you know, the world is in a funny state right now, and I'm I'm wondering for you for for Penelope Traps where you see yourself going do you have any specific ambitions for what you're doing creatively so let's play the music we'll come back and talk about it and then answer that question yeah Penelope Traps is my guest, and that's some music from Penelope titled A Seagull Learns to Sleep Alone. Interesting stuff there. For, I think a lot of my listeners are going to be saying, what's that about? A seagull yeah. learns to sleep alone. What's it about?
1: If, if, you, if you mention it, if you start with the title, so I mentioned earlier in the interview I stayed in Imogen Holtz's um, home that she'd lived in. Yes, Something like 30 years. And she had this amazing array of books in her personal library that became inspiration for me, lyrically, quite, um, a lot of it was quite sort of uh, poetic, I suppose, some of it was poems. And I believe, I'm just one of the books that I delved into was Japanese poetry. Um not haiku, it was another style, I can't remember offhand. And and that was one of the lines that just popped out to me because I was in complete solitude. Yes. And and yet, you know, the symbolism i mean, it's the seagull, it's something that I was I'm surrounded by them all the time here in Brighton. And um I was coastal during this time, and um I really hadn't been alone for Poss- like in this manner, so focused on just creating alone two weeks because I'd been a mother and my daughter had been with me all the time. Yes, and then, so you know it was so yeah symbolism in the in the title there.
0: Okay, let's go on to my my question about the future for you. Are, mm-hmm. are there things that you you go? Mm-hmm. I've got to do this. Is there something that that Penelope traps strives for? Is there is, is there something that in your realm of of what you're doing creatively that you go? I must do this before, whatever.
1: Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I suppose there's many things. I but I'd like well. Right in the more forefront of my brain is. Um, I want to kind of go a little bit back to where I began with opera I, I'm kind of interested in really um exploring the voice in in many of its um capacities again and also um like uh, overtone singing where you, you get the throat not so much so sort of more influenced by buddhism um so the different when they get those this, I don't even, I have to research it, but, you know, when you, yeah, yeah, they I sing more yeah. in their throat and then they get this overtone, like a whistle tone or something. Anyway, just exploring essentially um, the voice's capacity and really exploring um, that, and I, I guess in a meditative way, but also a challenging way because, yeah, I think for me personally, that's a learning curve that I want to do. And and there are other things, but I just I suppose I would like to, on an overall picture, I would like to imagine society more at large um, broadening their listening um, palette because it's sort of I, I feel like it just helps one with you know your own perspectives on things. Mm. I mean. Because i'm I'm relatively late to going more experimental, but the more mature I've become, the more I want to go sort of Yes, out
0: there, yeah
1: you know, yes.
0: Which leads me to ask you about performing. I know I think you said earlier in the conversation that you were performing last night. For mm-hmm. you for Penelope traps, is this something you enjoy? Is this something that you look forward to, or or is it a, a necessary part of what you do?
1: Uh, I, I adore performing. Yeah. Um, I do get very nervous beforehand, but I look for ways to calm myself down. And then once I'm on stage, it just slots in. I think as a child, I was a performer, you know, just oh. like, so it was like, you know, do you want a four year old me? It's like, I'll be the princess. you know, <laughs> when Santa comes to town um, stuff like that. So I do think and I and I think on the in the bigger picture that performing is a way that you can actually reach the people in the room. And like a highlight of last night's show was it I mean it was at Cafe Otto, which is kind of this notorious London space and then very embracing of more experimental stuff. And and in in the packed house it was sold out, because I was part of a, a bigger picture. Um there were these two teenagers that had come with their father, I'm guessing. And one of the young girl, the young girl came up to me afterwards and was like, oh, my God, you were performing. I I just I, I saw all these visuals I, I, and she started telling me about all the visual stuff that she and she was, yeah. it was like way out there. She was probably all of about 16. Uh huh. And I was like, wow, you know, like, yeah. If you, and then, and then someone else, like the way you can move an audience to tears, yes. or they can have these moments where, cause my, my last set last night is, um, it is in the sort of more drone like, um, some meditative state. And, uh, you know, people go off into, these Good. other realms, yes. whilst they go into the zone with you, and and reaching, and that therefore creates a sense of a community, you know. And I think that's the love that we need to nourish.
0: Collaborations are important for you, aren't they?
1: Yeah, that's part of the again. What I just, I think that sense of community and then and the nourishing the the bigger picture. Yes, yeah, I've got a few.
0: I hear in your voice, Penelope. I hear uh, uh, um, an enthusiasm. I hear somebody that's got a very positive attitude. Am I right?
1: Yeah, I think so. I'm, yeah. I feel like twenty twenty three is very exciting. Yeah, like, I feel like some, there's been a shift. There's been some kind of change. I mean, I'm. I guess. I guess I've worked quite hard to get to this point, though. You know, like it's like life throws curve balls at everyone and
0: yeah you know
1: you I I don't I just don't wake up in the morning you know I I have my I have my uh rituals that I do to keep things even killed
0: sure of course are you optimistic it sounds Mm -hmm. like you are
1: I think generally in the bigger picture yes I mean obviously there's crazy stuff that goes on out there and and there could, you could be, you know, you could really get caught up in it. But yes. um, yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it ties into what I was saying earlier about community and and connection and 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 essentially love in that sort of bigger sense. That um, I believe that that's what it's really all about so you know and you get to express it and it's it's hard not to be optimistic when you're in that
0: sense yes. yeah i want to go back to to collaborations for a moment mm. you've worked with different people over the years you've you've co- collaborated on movies uh, all kinds of things mm. i'd like to like to find out if there's if there's somebody maybe there's an artist or a, a creative person that maybe you've You've followed their career. Or maybe they're dead now, but somebody you go, oh, I would love to have collaborated with. I would love to have sung their music or worked with. Anybody that comes to mind when you when when you think about somebody you'd really, really love to work with. Oof, dead or that's
1: alive. A, that's a really hard. Part. I
0: know, I know, yeah.
1: So I think of, well, currently, yeah. I'm slightly obsessed with the first track on the Tar soundtrack by Hilda Goodner daughter.
0: Oh, interesting! Yes, yeah,
1: and she sings the song. It's called "For Petra," and I swear to God, I think I must have. I'm thinking, I'm trying to learn it because I really want to sing it. Um, (laughs) And so, I would love to work with her because I, I I often have a cellist on stage with me and the cello is one of those instruments because it covers the full yes. range of human oh, voice. Yes. It's it, it's something yes. very similar yes. and, and yeah. Hilda's work is phenomenal. I also have a very strong connection to Iceland because I was married there. So I you know it's just like so she would tick the boxes. I mean I was thinking Bjork at first, but I don't think I could. <laughs> she's too Bjork is too amazing. But
0: <laughs> and she's interesting, doing,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, if she actually, I would like to be in a band with her. Ah, (laughs) You know What I mean, like she can, she can lead, and maybe I'll be like one of her choir members. Just resonate.
0: Do you ever feel like you want to reach out to, like, like uh, Bjorka or or anybody for that matter? Do you ever feel like you want to reach out? Do uh, and and actually, have you done that? Have you ever reached out to people that you really that you don't actually know, but you admire?
1: I have, but maybe not on that scale because oh. um, I, I did see Bjork in a, a, a lobby before going to see craft work when I was in Reykjavik and it was a force field of like do not come near her and oh. her friends and, yes. and and it was a respectful force field. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, and if it's meant to be, it will be. Um, yeah. Stars align, all that Uh Hilda, I have thought about reaching out, like finding who her management is. And maybe I'll sing for Petra and put that in the email.
0: (laughs) So the the creative side of things visually for you, and and you're very involved in that, and it's important to you how your work looks from a visual Mm -hmm. point of view. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah, well, I I was, when I, before we met, I um, started chatting. I was talking about how visual art, like going to galleries, is almost like this sort of point where something changes in my brain and I I, I get inspira- inspiration that may not come at the time, but later visuals really trigger ideas. Um, whether And then it could be a gallery or it could be a movie or, or um, famous photographers that I've... Being a fan of mm. and then they start and, and mythology often like stuff like that kind of well like Ildrip was about uh, I think Morgana was the Celtic goddess of essentially like death and rebirth and so you know it's things like that but then you start to get a visual yeah. on yeah. that and um, Francesca Woodman the photographer had a whole um, thing of eel photos. Yes. Her, series, her eel series, and so that was very much an homage to that in the video, and I just think it helps. I mean, it's kind of a little bit sad that in, to- in terms of the industry that the music video is somewhat dying off. I'm not sure if you've heard or it, it's just because of TikTok and, and um, essentially... The, everything's fast and they've only got, like, 30 seconds max and nobody's going to spend five minutes to sit and watch a video. Yeah,
0: that's that's an area that you and I could talk about, I think, for a, a couple of hours. Another because, hour. Yeah, yeah, that's a hot <laughs> But I agree with you. I want to ask you about listening to music for you these days. You Obviously, your daughter, she's younger. There's lots of, I think, and, I you know, my music show features predominantly young people. I think there's just amazing talent coming up. Absolutely. But then and then there's people like yourself. I have to let you know that in playing your music on the on the show, I've had incredible feedback. I want to give you an example. There's a a lady in Ireland, um, by the name of Miriam Ingram, who is an absolute fan of yours, wrote to me and said, Who is this? This and she herself makes extraordinary music awesome. with her son. I should send you a link. Yeah. It does seem to me that there's so much opportunities these days. What What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, well, I think it's it's all about trying to educate and share. And, and, yeah, like, I mean, there are opportunities by radio, but I do, and then I know you were saying you're optimistic, but I do get a little bit frustrated because of things like, Spotify playlists or um and yes. just algor- algorithmic yes. issues yes. that some people are actively searching, like Miriam, and, and to find and and connect with other things. But there are a lot of people out there that are just sort of on the treadmill of what's served to them.
0: I have thoroughly enjoyed talking with you. Let's regroup sometime. Let's let's do yeah. it again. And whenever I would you. Love that yeah that that would be fantastic and how much i really enjoy what you're doing creatively
1: thank you yeah that means a lot i mean it's it's but to be an artist is a labor of love isn't it you know
0: you take care of yourself Penelope. You too, Norman. I appreciate it so much thank you for joining us at life elsewhere
1: it was a pleasure all the best
0: You have been listening to Life Elsewhere, created and hosted by Norman B. Life Elsewhere is written and produced by Norman B. Guest booking and additional research by Stephanie Lane. Behind the scenes assistance by James Van, Bruce Goodman, and Allison Klein. We love to hear what you think about Life Elsewhere. Send your questions, queries, and comments to info at lifeelsewhere.com. Dot co that's C O.